Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to be with you. A lot of you might be surprised that there's an episode this week because uh, if you follow me, you know I'm traveling and I'm in Texas as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it right when it comes out. But I've learned that there's a thing called pre-recording. And honestly, I knew that this existed, but this is the first episode that I've made thus far that is pre-recorded. So you're speaking... Well, I'm, I, excuse me, am speaking to you from the past, technically, because I'm recording this um, on the Monday of this week that you're listening to this, if you're listening to it the week of the release. And so I'm happy that you're listening to this, and I'm happy that I was able to record an episode for you to help you through your week, wherever you are and wherever you are listening from. And today's a great podcast. Today's going to be a great teaching from the Word of God. Um, I've been feeling on my spirit the need to preach on holiness, righteousness, and God living. Um, God has really been bringing up stories in my spirit from the Word of situations where God was going to do something to judge the earth but he reminded me that every time he judged a city or the entire earth or anything of that nature, God always provided a way of escape for those that were righteous. You know, you can think of Noah in the time of the flood, how even though the entire earth, the Bible says, was full of sin and full of violence and full of wickedness and evil, God found the one righteous man and the one righteous family that was remaining and he saved them because no matter how bad the earth gets, no matter how much sin fills our generation in the age and time that we live, God always provides a mean of escape for those that are living holy and for those that are staying pure and staying righteous. And the Lord's really been dealing with me about this biblical truth. And so I want to teach this from the word of God, which is why I entitled this episode, Righteousness is a Defense because righteousness is a defense. Righteousness is many things. And I'm going to give you many scriptures today about what righteousness is and what righteousness does for the person that is righteous. But the main thing I want you to understand from today's episode is that righteousness will preserve and keep your life. That righteousness will keep your life and the path of your life safe from destruction and safe from harm. You know, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so you can read the entire Bible, and you might not see it, but throughout the entire Bible there's a parallel of life and death, and then accompanying life and death, wickedness and righteousness, that if you live righteous and you accept God and you live in God and God becomes your righteousness, that you can live and you shall not die. But if you live a life of sin and stay in wickedness and stay a part of this world and its systems, then a product of sin and wickedness is death. So just from that alone, we can understand and take away that righteousness is life. Righteousness is a defense and righteousness will keep your life from destruction and chaos. And so uh, if you have a Bible or if you want to know where I'm teaching and getting this story from, I want to go to Genesis chapter 18, because in Genesis chapter 18, it's recorded the story of Abraham and the the story of Sodom. You know the story where Abraham goes up on the mountain, and he overlooks Sodom, and God says he's going to judge the city of Sodom, and Abraham has a conversation with the Lord, and he's praying, and I want to read that story and show you some principles from that story that stuck out to me and are very powerful. And true. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter 18, and I'm going to be reading from verses 22 just to 26. So it's just five verses here. 
The Bible says in verse 22 of Genesis 18, it says, So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. So first pause there. You can see that there was many men that were with Abraham. And all of them except Abraham pressed on toward the city of Sodom. So you can see just from that story from Abraham's life, just from that one verse that I read, Genesis 18:22, that everyone else went toward sin. Everyone else without any hesitation, without consulting God, without being in the spirit and understanding what God wanted to speak to them, all the rest of the men went toward sin, but Abraham stayed behind and he sought the Lord. That's a powerful revelation from a righteous man and the father of faith, Abraham, that even if everyone else is headed towards sin, even if everyone else is embracing sinful lifestyles and things of this earth and things of, you know, hell and the enemy and wickedness, there is always a person, even if it's just one single person that has to separate themselves from the pack and be different from their group of friends or people that they're around. And you say, no, I'm not headed towards sin, but I'm going to stop in my tracks and I'm going to pursue the Lord and what he wants for me. So I want you to see that just from that one verse. It's very powerful. Verse 23. Then Abraham drew near. So another pause there. Abraham, once he separated himself from the group of individuals he was with that were pressing on towards Sodom, the city of sin, the Bible says once he separated himself, then he drew near to the Lord. So that's something that you can take just from the life of Abraham from something so simple as just two verses. No, not even two, a verse and a half that we've read. That if everyone... In your life, if everyone on this earth and this whole planet, our whole nation is headed towards sin and headed towards this earth, you should make a decision to stop in your tracks, separate yourself, and then after you separate yourself, pursue the Lord. Pursue what the Lord and the Spirit of God is wanting to say and do. Verse 23, then Abraham drew near and said, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked. Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked do. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for the sake of the righteous. Hallelujah. So I want you to see from that story in Genesis chapter 18, just those, you know, four or five verses that we read, that God makes a promise to Abraham and he says that even if the whole city is corrupt and full of sin. If I find 50 righteous in the city, because of the 50 righteous, I'll spare the entire city from judgment and the thing I'm going to do, even if there's thousands more who are wicked. So I want you to see that Abraham asked the question, and you should ask this question, and you'll find the answer in this podcast today, where Abraham asked, Lord, will you indeed judge the wicked in the same way that you judge the righteous? Lord, will you really group together and combine the wicked and the righteous and treat them the same? Shall the righteous fare just as well as the wicked? Far be it from you, Lord, for you're the judge of all the earth. And God said, you know what, Abraham? You're right. You're absolutely right. I reward the righteous and I keep them safe from destruction. For righteousness is a defense. Hallelujah. So, a product of righteous living and something we're going to hit on strong today is that when you make a decision to separate yourself from sin and turn from wickedness and not be like this earth and become distinct in the Holy Ghost and through the righteousness that comes from a life in Jesus, you become distinct and separate and no longer do you receive the same treatment and no longer do you fare just as well as the wicked. Why? Because righteous living puts a distinction on your life. Because the Bible said, God said it. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate. And then I will receive you as my own holy people. God said, 
through David in the book of Psalms. He said, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin brings a reproach upon the people. So sin understand, brings a reproach and weakens the influence and the greatness of a nation. You know, you can see right now in, in the United States that as sin has become more prevalent through the generations, America has become affected and damaged by the effects of sin. You know, you can look throughout all history. You can look out through every great empire and every great nation that's ever existed on planet Earth, and you can see that once sin sets into a nation and once sin takes its effect upon a group of people, sin always has the same effect. Sin, when you start to commit it and live a life of habitual sin, you will never be better than you were when you were living righteous because sin has the same effect. Sin will kill you. Sin will steal your peace. Sin will steal your joy. Sin opens up your life to destruction and chaos and trouble. Sin opens up a foothold for the devil to take hold in your life and do what he wants. Sin opens up a gateway for the enemy to do what he wants. But righteousness is like a strong tower. Righteousness is a defense. Righteousness is like the gates of a city. And it doesn't allow things that don't belong in the atmosphere to gain access. Righteousness makes you different and righteousness defends and keeps your life. Righteousness is a defense and provokes blessing because if you aren't righteous, you aren't of God because the Bible says you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of God. So if you don't practice righteousness and righteousness isn't a part of who you are and a part of your character and the things that you practice on a daily basis, then the Bible says you're not even a son or a daughter of God because a sign of a son and daughter of God, a sign of a child of the father is that he's like his father. And the, and God said, be holy even even as I am holy. So if God is holy and I'm his child, I should be holy just like he is holy. And if I'm like God, I don't receive the same things that I used to. For now, God has made a distinction about my life and I've been called out and made separate from the effects of the world. For righteousness is a defense, a peace, and provokes the hand of God's blessing upon my life. Because if I am righteous, I am like God. And if I'm like God, I shall receive the things that God said could be mine. Because once when I, when I am righteous, I become a child of God and I am of God. For I abide in him and he abides in me. So if I'm a branch that's connected to the vine of God, then anything that God has flows to me. Hallelujah. Because if I'm a branch on the tree of God, then it's impossible to separate me from what God has. For everything that God has, I have because I'm connected to God through my righteous living. Hallelujah. But sin separates you. Sin cuts you off from the tree of life. That's why you look into the book of Genesis and the beginning of mankind in the story of Adam and Eve. And you can see that sin was the thing that separated Adam and Eve from God to the point where God had to kick them out of the garden, where God had to remove privileges, that when sin entered the world, now their body was subject to sin and disease, where before sin entered the world and before Adam and Eve made the decision to rebel against what God commanded, there opened up before so, there was no disease, there was no sickness, there was no issues that came through sin. But because of sin, things entered the world that were never supposed to be in the world. But thank God for Jesus, who became a spotless, blemishless lamb of God, who came to take away the sins of the world. That when I accept Jesus, what Adam and Eve did becomes reversed and the curse becomes destroyed where the Bible says in Galatians 3, 
that Christ became a curse for us by being hung upon a tree. For the Bible says anything that is hung upon a tree is cursed. So when Jesus hung on the tree, Jesus became sin that we might become righteous, that we might not receive the curse of the law, but be redeemed from the curse of the law and be having a way opened up for us to receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That now through righteousness and accepting the blood of Jesus, which is my righteousness, I now have access to my Father and I'm connected to the tree of life. And now I have a defense. Now I have a blessing. Now I have a reason to be happy. Now I have a reason to understand that everything in my life shall be provided because I'm connected to the source of everything good. For the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights for whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. But if I'm not righteous, I'm not of God. If I'm not righteous, I am not a son of God. But when I am righteous and when I have holy living as a part of my nature and character, I've become like God and I shall receive what God has. For I am an heir with Christ. I have been raised and seated in heavenly places because of the mighty work of Christ Jesus. So never allow someone to tell you that righteous living is worthless and righteous living is not necessary and that God's grace will cover all of your mistakes and that you don't have to live righteous, but you can live in habitual sin and habitual rebellion. No, for what did Jesus say? He said, you might say that you love me, but if you do not keep my commandments, then you do not truly love me. For those that truly love me, keep my commandments and live holy and live righteous. Hallelujah. You may be sure the Bible says that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of God because righteousness provokes the blessing of the Lord. So a product of righteous living is that I'm blessed by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed are those, the Bible says, who observe righteousness and do justice at all times. Blessed are those. Blessed are you when you become righteous and when you live holy. For righteousness is a defense, and righteousness is a peace. I'm going to turn to Isaiah 33, because I feel led to read a verse that will bless you today and help you. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 15, and I'm going to read until verse 17. The Bible says this, Isaiah 33, 15, He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, who despises the gain of oppression, who shakes his hand, lest they hold a bribe, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed, who shuts their eyes from looking upon evil. He who dwell, he will dwell on the heights. His place of defense, hallelujah, will be the fortress of rocks. His bread, hallelujah, will be given to him. His water will be sure, hallelujah. Your eyes will behold the king in his beauty, and they will see a land that stretches afar off, hallelujah. I want you to see from that what we read right there in Isaiah 33, that righteousness takes you higher. Hallelujah. How can you say that, Preston? How, where is that in the Bible? It says that he who walks uprightly and speaks righteously, he will dwell on the heights. Hallelujah. You know, righteousness is not something that will take you lower and make you a groveler and make you someone that receives scraps. No, righteousness takes you to a higher place in the Lord. Righteousness allows you to see things you never saw before. It elevates you to a new position of authority and vision to see what God is doing. Righteousness takes you higher in the Lord. Not only that, but righteousness makes your defense unshakable and unmovable. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in what we read, it says that he who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, his place of defense will be like the fortresses of 
the rocks. Hallelujah. Why? Because your fortress, when it's built upon righteousness, is not like the foolish man's house that was built upon the sand. This is what Jesus taught. But when you build your life on the word of God, the righteousness, you are like the wise man who built his house upon the rock, that the winds and the waves of life came, but he did not move one inch. Why? Because righteousness makes your defense so something that strong, something like a rock, that you're unmovable, you're unshakable, because righteousness makes you strong. It makes you unable to be moved and swept away and turned aside by circumstance and by the plan of the enemy and antichrist systems and agendas. Righteousness is like a rock. Righteousness makes your fortress of defense like a rock. It makes you unmovable and unshakable in what you decided to be true in your heart, which is the righteousness of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm preaching today. And if no one else can receive it, I'm receiving it because this is blessing me. That's not the only thing that Isaiah 33 promises about righteousness. Hallelujah. For righteousness also opens up an avenue for God to provide for you in every circumstance. What? Where are you getting that? Well, let's read. I'm going right from the Bible today. He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, his bread will be given to him and his water will be sure. Hallelujah. Righteousness opens up an avenue for God to provide for you. For I've never seen the righteous (laughs) forsaken, nor God's children begging bread. Righteousness guarantees that you will never lack bread and you will never lack water. That God will provide everything you need and everything you desire in your heart. Righteousness makes you a person that provokes the hand of blessing upon your life. Righteousness guarantees that you'll never be a beggar in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You'll never have to beg. You'll never have to scrape by and struggle through life. For you are strong in the Lord because righteousness is your defense in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Righteousness is the only way you'll be able to see God. Do you know that? For the Bible says... Only those who are holy can see the Lord. David said, who can ascend the mountain and be like the Lord? Only those with clean hands and a pure heart. What's that? That's righteousness. Hallelujah. You must become righteous to see the Lord move mightily in your life, to take you to new heights in the name of Jesus, to provide for you along the way, to give you a defense that's sure and unmovable like the rock. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said it, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So a lot of people will preach nowadays, modern preachers, all the cool youth pastors, that, you know, how you live and how you conduct yourself and being free from sin is optional and it doesn't really have an effect, and it doesn't really matter, that's a lie and a doctrine and preaching from the pits of hell. Because righteousness, if it doesn't surpass religious people, if your righteousness isn't even greater than other religions, if a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist or someone who's atheist, if they're more righteous than you, if they're a better, you know, if their way of living surpasses you, The Bible says, Jesus said, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So that kind of doctrine and that kind of preaching, that your character and your right standing with God and your holy living and the way that you go about your day and the way that you treat people and the way that you deal with the word of God, that it doesn't matter and that God will just save everyone and it's greasy and it applies to everyone and he just spreads it to everyone. No, for Paul said, for shall we continue in sin? that grace may abound? Certainly not. Because Jesus taught, if your righteousness doesn't exceed that of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So I want you to know today, and forever from today, as you listen to this, that your righteousness must exceed even religious leaders on this earth. 
That's what Jesus said. Our righteousness should be at a different level. It should be. Our righteousness should be at a different level because we don't lower ourselves depending upon where the world has gone. We go higher. We go to new levels in the Lord because of our righteousness. Our righteousness, Isaiah 33, verse 17, takes us to new depths and new heights and to higher places. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says this in 1 John 5, 18. It says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. I could stop there. But, the second part, but he who has been born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. Hallelujah. We know that everyone, I'm reading it again. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. That's powerful. So you can't tell me, you cannot tell me that when you accept God, you can keep on sinning because if you've kept on sinning after you receive God, you were never born of God to begin with. You are an orphan because you never received the heritage and the blood of Jesus to graft you into a new family and to give you a new father. Because if you're born of God the Father, you will not keep on sinning. That's biblical fact and truth from 1 John 5.18. But he who has been born of God protects him. The Lord protects those who are righteous. For righteousness is a defense. And the evil one does not touch him. You know, the Bible also says that when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. So everyone's saying, oh, the devil made me do it. You know, the reason I'm in sin is because the devil just has it out for me. He has a big target on my back and he's made it his whole life and mission that even though he's only limited and in his reach and influence and what he can do, that he sent his greatest attack just on me. He sent all these things because he just wants me to go to hell and nobody else. No, it's you. It's not the devil. It's you. It's your own will, your own mind, and your own emotions, and your own carnal flesh and nature that's provoking you to commit sinfulness against God. And I'm not preaching that there's not redemption. There is redemption. But once you are redeemed, you should live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. And what pleases the Lord is righteousness. So don't tell me the devil made you do it. Don't tell me that it's, you know some demon that his sole purpose is getting you to sin. It's you. Take ownership of your actions and your choices. Because when you become righteous and when you become born of God, the Bible says God protects you and the evil one cannot touch you. And if he tries to, you resist him and he must flee. Not he might flee. Not there's a good chance he'll flee. Not nine out of ten Christians report back that he'll flee. He must flee when you resist him. For righteousness is a sure defense. You know something? Righteousness is the first quality you receive if God has become your father. It's the first sign. It's the first genetic trait, if you will, that God has become your father. It's the first identifier that you are a receiver of the blood of Jesus and an acceptor of the word of God into your heart. For David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. John 1, 1. We understand that the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That Jesus was the word made flesh so that when Jesus died, and when we accept Jesus into our heart, that means the word comes to dwell within our heart. And David said, I've hidden your word, hallelujah, into my heart that I might not sin against you. That's righteous living that David's referring to in the old covenant. But when he's referring to the word, you can also say he's referring to Jesus because Jesus is the word. 
When he was on the earth, he was the word made flesh. When he died, he was the word crucified. When we accept him, he's the word that we accept, and he's the word that we allow to dwell on the inside of our hearts. So if Jesus is in you, sin must be far from you. For God and sin cannot be in the same atmosphere and in the same individual's heart. Sin leaves when Jesus enters. That's why God separated himself. Do you think God separated himself because he hated Adam and Eve? No, he separated himself from them because they had embraced sin into their heart and God hates sin. God doesn't hate people. God hates sin that separates him from people that he loves. That's why God hates sin. That's why God demands righteousness and holy living. Because when you accept Jesus, you rebuke sin and its effects on your life, which is death and eternal punishment in hell. But when you accept life and you accept the blood of Jesus and you accept his sacrifice, you've been made new in Christ Jesus. All the old things pass away and behold, all things become new. So righteousness is the first quality you receive if God has become your father and only the righteous will live. You know, you think of Deuteronomy, God said through Moses, he said, I've set before you life and death. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. I would rather that you choose life and live than to choose death and die. So it's our choice. God gave us free will. If there's not perfect choice, there's not perfect love. For if God made robots that had no choice in the matter of whether to love them, it's not real love. Because real love has a choice. You know, in the natural realm, if when you were like looking for a spouse, looking for a husband or wife, and the person that you met that was going to be your husband or wife, like you had no choice in the matter, that they were the only person that you were locked in, you had to marry them, you had to spend your rest of your life with them, you could never truly love them. Even if they gave you a love potion or, you know, whatever, and made you love them and made you be attracted to them or whatever. Because there's not perfect love if there's not complete free will and choice. So God gave free will to humanity because he wanted perfect love. Hallelujah. And even when we rejected it in the garden, God said, I'll make a way of escape for I love them that much. And that's why God spoke to Adam and he said, I will crush this serpent's head. He might bruise the heel, but I'll crush his head. For God loved the world (laughs) that he gave his only begotten son, that through him you should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's life in the blood. For the Bible says, Leviticus 11.44, the life is in the blood. And Jesus said, John 10.10, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So Jesus came to shed his blood to give us access to life, to give us a way of escape from sin and death and hell. And not only that, but he gave us the power, the Bible says, to overcome sin and temptation. But Christians don't want to hear these kinds of preachings. They don't want to hear this kind of teaching. They don't want to understand the word of God about righteousness and right living. They just want to go about their day and, under, and believe this greasy grace that fills seats and fills auditoriums and fills youth conferences and fills amphitheaters because they have no backbone in the Holy Ghost and they have no real understanding that if you're not righteous, you're not a son or daughter of God. For if you don't resist sin and stop sinning, you haven't been born of God. 1 John 5.18 So be righteous, be holy, even as God is holy. For the only way you'll enter heaven and and see God is to be holy. Only the righteous will live. The wicked will die. You know something? Righteousness and obedience is greater to God than sacrifice. Do you know that? Think of the story of Saul and Samuel. You remember the story? where God spoke to Samuel to speak to Saul, and he told him that when you find this next tribe of people, kill the 
men, kill the women, kill the children, kill the cattle, the livestock, everything that moves, kill it. And what did Saul do? He only killed the people, but he kept livestock for himself. And Samuel came to where the battleground was, to where Saul was, the encampment was. And the Bible says, Samuel said, what is this bleeding of sheep? Not bleeding, bleating, B-L-E-E-T-I-N-G. What is this bleating of sheep I hear in my ear? Because Samuel knew. Saul didn't obey the word of the Lord to destroy everything. And the Bible says because of Saul's disobedience to God to separate and get rid of everything that was in, it's a perfect depiction of sin. Do you know that? Like that story. It's a perfect depiction of getting rid of everything that's sinful. Because you can research that tribe. I'm, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole here, but it's actually good teaching. You can read Bible commentaries about that story. And you can find out that that tribe, that group of people that God wanted completely destroyed, they had within their blood, giant blood, which stemmed from Genesis 6, the Nephilim coming down, you know, rebelling against what God had said, producing uh, half fallen angel, half human women, children, and that's where the giants came from, that's where the Goliath came from, and Og of Bashan, and all these people, and God despised that bloodline, because it was a bloodline that was born out of pride, rebellion, and uh, sin and wickedness, through the fallen angels that came, so God said, that tribe that has that in their blood, I want them wiped out, because it's a sin against me, so the reason that God told Samuel to tell Saul to wipe out everything was because there was sin in the camp. So God said, get rid of the sin. Get rid of the thing that I hate. And Saul disobeyed. And he allowed sin to be there in the camp. And because of that mistake, hear me today, because of that mistake, you know, Saul did a lot of crazy junk. He made a lot of mistakes. But that mistake was the final straw for God, where God told Samuel, rip the kingdom from Saul's hands, and I'll provide for me someone who's after my own heart to give it. And the Bible says, because of Saul's mistake to not obey, and he remember what Saul said? Oh, the reason I kept them alive is because I'm going to make a sacrifice to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present these animals that I left alive as a sacrifice. First of all, he's lying. He's He's lying. First of all, he's lying to the prophet of God. Second of all, it was disobedience. And what did Samuel say? For it is better to obey than to sacrifice. It is better to obey than to sacrifice. Get rid of sin in the camp. Obey the word of the Lord. Separate. Come out from among them. Then God will receive you. For what relationship does light have with darkness? Or Baal have with the Lord? None. There's no relationship between wickedness and righteousness, good and evil, life and death. They're completely opposed to one another. They're at war. The spirit and the flesh. There's a war among your members, Paul wrote. And only the righteous will live. When you let Jesus in, he'll let you live. When you let righteousness become a part of the very nature of your being, you open up God's hand of blessing, God's love, God's ability to set you free from everything that binds you, but you must be holy even as God is holy, for only then will you see God and the effects and the works of God. Only the righteous will live. Sin will destroy you. Sin will kill you. Sin will take you out before it's your time. Sin will destroy your destiny. Sin will steal your peace. Sin will steal your joy and your laughter. Sin will send you to hell. Sin will steal your eternity with God. Sin opens up a foothold to the devil to gain access and a grip over your life. But righteousness exalteth the individual and the nation. Righteousness gets God's attention in your prayer life. That's my next point. Righteousness gets God's attention in your prayer life. How many of the Bible says that God hears the prayers of the righteous person? And the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous 
and his ears toward their cry. Righteousness puts a distinct um, individual different thing to your prayer. It makes your prayer catch the attention of God's ear. It makes your prayer catch the attention of God. Where God will be in heaven, you know, just be in God. And when he hears a prayer prayed by a righteous person, for the prayers of the righteous availeth much. When God hears the prayers of a righteous person, it catches his attention, it hits his ear, and he says, I will turn toward the heart and the cry of the righteous person that prays. Hallelujah. Holy living and righteousness opens up God's ear to hear your cry and answer your prayer. That's powerful. Holy living puts you in a different class of people because when you become holy, everything about you changes because when you become holy, you become like God. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says, all things become new when you accept Christ Jesus. All things become new. All things. A capital L, capital L. All. Not some, not most of, not a few things, all things. So that means my body becomes different. My mind becomes different. The way I speak becomes different. The things I should allow my eyes to see become different. The things that I allow my hands to do and touch become different. The places where my feet go, the places I allow my body to be in become different. Everything about me becomes different. My confession becomes different. For behold, all old things have passed away and all things have become new. Because when I become holy, I become like God and I become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Holiness guarantees that the things that touch this earth will not touch you or your family. And holiness is not almost. Holiness is 100%. For if there's a fly in the ointment, the ointment is of no use to the Lord, to the master, to the Lord. If there's a fly in the ointment, if there's little foxes, you know, people say, oh, those are just little things. Those are just minor things. God said, be holy, whole, 100% towards me, living righteous, living with reconciliation towards me, living in right standing with me. God said, be that kind of believer and Christian. Without spot, without wrinkle. Why do you think God asked in the Exodus and he told the Israelites, find a lamb without spot or wrinkle. Kill it without breaking any of its bones. Drain its blood into a basin. Dip the hyssop branches into the blood of the lamb that's in the basin. Take the blood that's on those hyssop branches and paint it over the doorposts of your home. Because if the lamb had a spot or a wrinkle, I can't be set free from destruction and death. The death angel would have access to me if I didn't have the blood of a spotless lamb over my home to protect my family and to protect myself. Because if you're not holy, you're not guarded. For righteousness is a defense. You know, you think of Ephesians 5. Paul is teaching about husbands and wives, but he made the comparison of Jesus being the bridegroom, the husband, and the church being the bride. And he said, you know, will Jesus return for a church, a bride, that, you know, is full of blemishes and marks? No, Jesus is coming back and returning for a bride that the church is, and a church that's not covered in blemishes and not covered in marks and doesn't have scars and doesn't have one eye and doesn't have three fingers and is not, you know, totally disfigured because of sin. No, Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. And you must become righteous or you won't make it to heaven. You must live righteous, for righteousness will keep your life from destruction and save you from peril and trouble. You must continue to do what is good and pleasing to the Lord. You must, on a daily basis, put your flesh 
into submission and to say to God, God, I love you more than what my flesh wants. And I love you more than what my flesh is wanting me to do. I love you and I love your word. And because I love you, I will keep your commandments for your righteousness is a defense. Righteousness takes me to new heights. Righteousness makes my fortress like a rock. Righteousness guarantees I'll never beg for bread and I'll never be in lack of water. Righteousness opens up God's hand of blessing, opens up God's hand of provision, go, opens up God's hand of protection and takes you to new levels in God. But you must be righteous. You must be separate. You must be distinct and you must be different. Because being in Christ and in righteousness, what did the Bible say? Christ became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Well, Preston, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation, Preston. There is no condemnation. Oh, yes, there is. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, but for those that are outside of the covenant of the blood of Jesus, there will be condemnation. There will be a hell to lose and a heaven to gain. There will be a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. There is an eternal punishment and an eternal reward. And your righteousness or your wickedness decide which one you'll spend eternity in. There is condemnation if you're not in Christ. But when you become like Christ and you accept Christ, you let him into the house, he protects the house. Hallelujah. Just like in the old covenant during the Passover, only those that had the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their home were saved from the death and destruction of the death angel. Just like Rahab in Joshua chapter 2. The only reason that her life and the life of her family wasn't taken during the conquest of Canaan was because she made a deal with the spies. And she said, if I let you in, will you save me? And she said, and they made a deal. They said, of course, we'll save you. You know, we'll, we won't harm you because you helped us out. And she said, that's not enough. I, I want a sign. So she said, when you come back to take Canaan, I'm going to tie a red scarlet rope on the door, on the house that my family is in. And they made a promise. They said, okay, when we see that red rope, everyone that's in the house, notice in the house, everyone that's in the house will be saved. So if you don't have a distinguishing mark about who you are, if the blood of Jesus doesn't cover your life and the life of your family, then you will not be protected when judgment comes and when one day sin takes its toll. But if you have the blood, and if you have uh, Jesus, and if you have that scarlet rope that makes you different and marks your life, you'll be safeguarded from uh, destruction, and your life will be preserved forever. It's the promise of God. So I encourage you today as we wrap up this podcast, live righteous. It is your greatest defense. Don't allow the enemy in this last period of time before Jesus comes back to steal your future because of foolish, carnal, temporary mistakes of sin that will open up your life to destruction and the plan of the enemy. But allow righteousness to consume your life and be your defense. For the Bible says, guard your heart above all else, for it will determine the course of your life. Hallelujah. I love you today. I want to pray for you very quickly before we end this podcast. And uh, before we pray, I want to keep you up to date about what I'm doing. Like I said, this was pre-recorded. So right now I'm in Huntington, Texas preaching for three days. Uh, tonight, Friday, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, tomorrow night, Saturday, 7 p.m. And then Sunday morning, we're closing out a weekend of revival meetings in Huntington, Texas at New Beginnings Church with Pastor Jonathan Wallace and his family. And uh, I'm believing that God's going to move mightily and God's going to do great things. I want you to pray for us and me and uh, the ministry that God will do what he wants. People will be set free, uh, saved from sin, saved from the plan of the enemy to take them out. Drug addicts will be set free in the name of Jesus. People that are crippled with disease will be healed in the name of Jesus. I believe that. I believe that God will raise up young people that have miracle ministries 
that do what Jesus did because they, they live like Jesus lived. They live righteous. And because they live righteous, God gives them a dispensation of grace to do mighty miracles and signs on the earth to bring in a great harvest of souls before Jesus returns. So begin to uh, pray for me this weekend. And I love you guys very much. Everyone's so kind to me and always supportive. I love every single one of you guys. And I want the best for you. I want the best for your life. The enemy will not have his way in the name of Jesus this year. You might say, well, this year is already more than half gone. I don't care. God will restore the time. He'll redeem the time. He'll give you beauty for ashes. He'll give you an oil of gladness instead of despair and sadness. God will make a way for you where there is no way. So, Father, right now I pray for every one of my friends that are listening. I pray, God, that righteousness would consume who they are, that righteousness would be their defense and their strong tower and their response to the enemy, that, Father, through their righteous living, they will be taken to new heights. Their defense and their fortress shall be like a rock that's unmovable and unshakable despite the winds and the waves of this world. And, Father, that you would provide bread for them and water, that, God, they will not lack. They will not be in short supply. Nothing will go missing and nothing will be in the wrong amount. But, God, you will supply seed to the sower. You will provide bread to the eater. For I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's people begging bread. I pray it all in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. I love you today. The word of God is true for you, and righteousness is your strong defense. Come see me in Texas this weekend if you're around. Make the drive if you have to. God's going to move for his people. And I love you. God loves you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.